and welcome to Circumstantial Failures. My name is Matthew, your host, and for those that are new to the podcast, we meet with various fantastic guests every week who have been kind enough to share some personal experiences that haven't quite gone to plan. And also to highlight why such experiences weren't to do with any personal shortcomings, but more to do with the circumstances surrounding them at the time. I'm extremely grateful to be joined today by Megan Logan. Megan had over 10 years of experience in the event industry and was working at the largest convention centre in Canada when the pandemic hit and the entire hospitality sector was shut down, something that epitomises how circumstances can go against you. As time went on, Megan started to feel the pressure of having to find work elsewhere, which in turn became began to impact her mental health. However, there was a lot of competition for those who were also trying to do the same thing. So she decided on a complete change in her career and partnered up with her husband, Robert, who already had a well-established commercial photography business. Megan was able to utilise the skills she had acquired within the events industry and apply them effectively to the benefit of her and her husband's company. So thank you so much for joining me today, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was such a lovely introduction. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I think maybe I'll go into like um, best man speech writing or something like that. In a, in a, I think in you autumn. could start that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so before you started your career in events, you'd, you'd already completed a BA of business in hospitality operations. Um, so what drew you into the event industry in the first place? It's actually really funny. My my parents enrolled me into the program. They were just like, you're doing this. I think I graduated high school at the age of 17, which I think is just so young for people to really decide what they want to do. I wasn't the best student like academically. I found it hard to grasp things like math, which is really funny because I use math in, in my career all the time now. Um, but at the time, it didn't feel like that was going to be my strong suit. And I just didn't know what I wanted. Um, and so my parents just like threw me in on a whim. <laughs> and uh, it was four years and I ended up loving it. It was probably the first time in my young adult life where I started to build some confidence around academics because I was really understanding the concepts. Like they would have um, industry professionals come in and tell us real life examples. And we would go on field trips to visit places and just talk about um, different management styles and um, accounting and all these things. And it was the first time I could grasp on to something and get some real confidence. And I did really well. I ended up graduating second in the class on the president's wow. honor roll, which was just like so abnormal for me. Um, and That's amazing. I did like, yeah, I did like a little <laughs> bit of like event planning prior. Like I sort of, I like ran a fashion show in high school and did all the planning for it and little orientations for things here and there. So my parents knew that I kind of had this little leadership quality and, and thought to put it into business. And, and I also am an individual that really likes to have a plan and stick with it. So I ended up in a career that, um, we do that in. Yeah. So, um, did they have yeah, an that's... experience in your parents? Uh, no, no. and oh, it was right. very like apparent that I wasn't going to follow in their footsteps. I think like it was more of like, a rebellion that I wouldn't 
do it. So my mom was a teacher for 40 years. She taught grade two. And then my dad also worked for the school board in like technology and in the computer department, he ran it. And my mom would say over and over again, like, work at the school board and you'll get the summers off and you'll get all the weekends (laughs) off and it'll be the best. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Even if she would have some sort of sway in me getting a job, because it is hard to get a job in Canada as a teacher. It's very competitive because it's a very good job. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, when I'm younger, I have no wherewithal to know like how hard it is to get an employee to get employment and also to like know that like I was actually going to be entering a field where I worked all weekends, like all holidays, like 18 hour days, like working so much for like way less money. Um, So it's so funny that (laughs) I went like total opposite, but almost to like my own detriment. But (laughs) I was I was not going to be a great like grade two teacher or anything like that. That's not in in me. Like, yeah, it it worked out how it needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to sort of say, because in a former life, I used to be a teacher and I remember working with a Canadian teacher and she just said exactly what you said, just how difficult it is to get a job as a teacher in Canada whereas yeah there's not enough nearly in this country in the UK yeah yeah um but so you've organized obviously many great events during your during your time um though can I ask you and you've been kind enough to think about some examples of events that didn't necessarily go exactly as you planned um so what what happened during those occasions and sort of what kind of didn't work out for you I think like, yeah, I think like every event professional has their like horror, horror story of like something that didn't go how they wanted it to, um, or where a client was left unhappy or something like that. And it's just, it's like your nightmare experience. And even if the event generally went well, um, there's still things that like, might keep you up at night (laughs) that you think about like every so often you wake up at 2am and you think about it and you're like, Oh, that was a, that was a bad one. I wish (laughs) that that didn't happen. And, uh, when I, um, came to the largest convention center in, in Canada, I was assigned, um, a gala style of event. Uh, so we call it in the social market. So a company putting on a food and beverage event for their staff, um, and there was about 1,500 to 2,000 people there or something like that. And coming into the largest convention center, it's tough because there's there's like 1,000 employees. And it's my job to get what the client wants, like all of the information and how are they going to make that happen in the venue with all of the different departments. So I'd be working with like security, food and beverage, the setup team, parking, like every single department I I need to give information to, to make this event successful. And uh, I was new. And one of the things that I always do when I start somewhere new is I kind of let the team do what they're going to do. Like, I don't want to come in and be I know what's going to work best because I've been in the industry for 10 years and we have to do it this way. And a lot of the team there had been there for like 20, 30 years. It's very low turnover. So I was given this plan from this client. I was kind of worried about how it was going to work. 
with timing. It was going to be a lot of people getting up to go to a buffet at the exact same time. And if you've ever experienced that, like it's a nightmare. You don't want to get up in line with like 2000 people at the same time (laughs) to try to get some food, no matter how many buffets there are. And I was nervous about the plan going into it. And I had even gone to my boss. I went to the director of banquets, their boss, and I sat down with them and I said, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Are we going to pull this off? And like, no one really had um, much to say about it. They were just kind of like, oh, it's going to be fine. Or, you know, it's not the best uh, plan that we have, but it's tomorrow. So we just have to make it happen kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. So I go into it. I do what I always do. And I always time how long it takes people to get through buffets. So I just have it in my notes. So when the client tells me it was an hour, I can say, actually, I timed it and it was this long. And in general, like 10 minutes is not very long, but it's the optics of what that lineup looks like. So on site, it was only 10 minutes. And then I was talking with the client. I told her how long it was. She's like, that's great. But then like a couple days later, all the feedback starts coming in from all of the attendees, like lineups were too long. I couldn't get food like it was disorganized, like not happy. And then I had to like sit on a call with this client for, I think, like an hour and a half of her going through like all of the things that were wrong and that she didn't like. And she was really upset with me because I was really assuring her, like, don't worry, we've got this. We've been in business for 40 years. Like the team is solid. We do these events all the time. And it was their first time coming to us. And so I was just like talking it up, like you're good. But I was also nervous about it. And then like the teams didn't execute it. And like the, we should have really just pushed back on the plan or told them it wasn't possible. And like, I had kept going to the teams trying to get reassurance and from my, from my bosses and stuff. And it was just left so loose um, that it just was one of those things that I'll just never forget. And like my big, (laughs) so had, had the, had they been queuing for a while or was it the optics you, you sort of mentioned what was were they came for just 10 minutes or was it a bit longer it was 10 minutes so like what happens in a buffet it'll be like the first initial rush so that's the lineup and then people will eat and then they'll mingle and then they'll go to bars and then they'll eat again and whatever so it's it's that first initial rush and you'd be surprised at how important the optics are like a large part of my job was always to think about the rooms that these food and beverage functions would occur in and how that would seem. So for example, if um, there was a a big hall um, and there was a hallway and everyone was coming out of all of their like individual meeting rooms and they were to go into this big meal room, if the buffets are inside the meal room, but the people at the end can't see them because they're through the doors, they don't know how long they're waiting for. So they start getting a little bit agitated because they're like, well, I can't even see the buffet. So if you put the buffets in the hallway or in the lobby and then they're lined up and they can see them, they feel better about the time and they're not so worried about it. So like opt like people, cause they're not sitting there looking at their watch either. They're just feeling what that time feels like. They're feeling like they're hungry. They're feeling like they wish they were the first in line. They're feeling like 
they wish that all 1000 people could get the dish in their hands at the exact same time. <laughs> so optics, optics are huge. And wow. so it doesn't even matter that we executed on a great time. It was the fact that everybody got up from their seat at the exact same time to get food and yeah. what that looked like. Oh, that's so tough. That's so mm-hmm. just what, what the key looked like was a, oh, that's really hard. I mean, so I guess my next question is sort of what, what are some of the other kind of really big stressors um, for someone in your position or organizing events? Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a ton of stressors. It's so funny <laughs> because like um, during the pandemic, like when I was laid off, um, it was like a full year that I wasn't working. And then I started back at another um venue for about eight months or or six months. And then I got recalled to my um, previous role. Um, And going back was so hard. Like, leaving was hard because I, my whole identity was wrapped up in like, what I did for a living. And I had crafted my career a certain way to get to where I was going and everything was a stepping stone. So to to like pause that was really hard. And I had to like untangle a bit of like my own self-worth from what I did for a living. But then because it went on for so long and because I started creating a life without it, going back was almost excruciating. (laughs) I was more stressed than I had ever been in my whole life because working in events is just a high pressure environment. You're being asked um, to do things and to fix things. Like my main job is fixing all day long, every day for everyone. So not only just the client and their needs, but also the internal departments and all of their needs saying, oh, Megan, well, we can't do that. Or Megan, I need this, or I need that. Or the plan isn't where I want it to be. And you know, not wanting to bend or be flexible. And I would have to absorb all of that and like try to fix it for everyone. And like going back, it was actually, I think I had a couple of panic attacks that I had never had before. And it kind of came to a head where I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been living like this for 10 to 12 years and didn't even know it. Um, And it was such a strange like kind of jump out of your skin. I've got to get out now. Um, this isn't serving me anymore. Yeah. And, and some of your colleagues, so, so obviously the the entire sector was, was closed down. Um, and you know, some of your f- colleagues, did they went back and did they feel the same or what, you know, what was their reaction to, to going back or did they find alternative careers? So it's interesting, actually, everybody went back but three of us left within wow. the first. So someone, everyone, how many, how many is that? So if, like, so out of my own department, it was like 12, yeah. 12 of oh, us, okay. something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. maybe 10. Um, and within our department, there were still three to four people that continued to work. Like, so my director, the sales manager, um, the executive assistant, that kind of thing, they all stayed on the whole time. Um, so the rest of us had been laid off and then we all decided to come back and then I was the third to go. Um, and I think, um, for everyone, it was kind of similar feelings and we're, we're all different ages as well. Some closer to retirement and it was kind of, um, feeling like this wasn't it anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that pretty much sums up how it, yeah how it must have been, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so dur- during the pandemic, you started working with your husband. Um, so what were you doing when you're working f- with your husband, and and had his business been impacted by the pandemic as much? Yeah. So his business was impacted by the pandemic. Um, in I think like Canada slash Ontario had some of the most extreme lockdowns like globally. Um, and anytime we were fully locked down, like can't leave the house kind of scenario, um, the business would completely drop. But anytime it opened, he was in a category that would be allowed to open first um, for advertising for companies. That's he, he mostly does photography for advertising. So when it opened, it would be extremely busy. And, uh, I think we had a record year in 2021, um, for his business just in general, including the lockdown. Um, so at first when I was helping him out, it was just like, Oh, I'll set up the lights for you or I'll move things around kind of thing. And then, um, because in my mind, I was always going back to work in events. So I didn't want to like do too much, like it just help them out. And then as time went on, I started noticing some gaps that were missing in his business, like for him and for the client. Um, you know, when he's on a shoot, he needs to focus on the creative and getting the shots done. And sometimes a client might want to chat and know what you're up to and what you're getting and all of that. So now I kind of put on my event hat and take um, the liaison between the client and between Robert so we can have a really smooth shoot and make sure that we're continuing to move forward and move down the production schedule so we're not getting behind or bogged down. Um, And also just like communication in general, letting them know where we're at in the shot list. Um, Because before it would just be him by himself going to take all the photos and the client wasn't being updated as to like where we were next, what we were getting, like what we still needed to do. If like, if they, we needed them to set anything up or anything like that. So I started taking on that role. And then just recently this past year, I started um, taking on all of the negotiations and the sales. And now we've added a part to our business that's project management. So We'll actually take a full shoot and we'll scout the locations for the clients. We'll hire all of the models for the clients, um, get hair, makeup, wardrobe if we need to, um, and offer really like a full service option um, to get clients what they're looking for. Uh, So it's actually really fun because I get to take all of the best parts of event planning and apply them to this in a different scale um so the stress levels are much lower um but it's also for for us in our household and our family and i'm like kind of joining you know i feel like i get i'm kind of lucky that i get to enjoy like join the world of entrepreneurship without having started the business <laughs> in the grueling stages 10 years ago but i'm you know yeah. part business owner now yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I'm just envisaging sort of, you know, your clients on a photo shoot sort of wondering where the, the shot has got to. And I'm sort of relaying that to how you were kind of describing the people in the queue waiting to get their dinner and uh, sort of how sort of reassuring the client in those situations can, uh, you know, how you really sort of 
crossovered in those in that skill set. Um, yeah, so no, that's great. And and just to sort of describe uh, Robert Loden photography, I mean, it's not it's not like kind of weddings, is it? And sort of portraits, no. it's very very different, isn't it? It is very different. It's it's fun. It's because we're in Toronto, like the the city of where all the photography happens. Um, you're you can actually specialize in things here and not have to you know wear every single hat, which is nice. And uh, Robert comes from an industrial background, so it really made sense for him to um, work in an industrial field. So we'll do a lot of um, warehouses, which is really fun because I get to see like all of the manufacturing of like car parts and different things that I would never know anything about. Robert knows all about it and just shows up and he knows like what he needs to take photos of and how the machines work because he's very technical like that. So it works out really well because he has the knowledge and we do construction sites. So we'll do them during the building phases and we'll do it after construction, the final product. And our clients use that for proposals to bid to get new projects. Um, So sometimes we don't get to see our photos like out in the world. Sometimes they're used for a lot of behind the scenes things for our, for our clients to get new um, projects. Um, And sometimes they're used like a lot of industrial um, photos or manufacturing photos are actually used as recruitment tools because they have thousands of employees and they need to have job fairs and they want to tell the story about um, what working at that company's like and they want to use real people so we'll do uh stuff like that so we won't see how the photos are used because they're used um in a behind the scenes kind of way um but it's really fun so yeah architectural industrial construction advertising lifestyle kind of photos yeah yeah they're very commercial it's sort of b2b Mm -hmm. very much b2b sort of photography yeah um and have you sort of experienced a photo shoot that hasn't necessarily gone exactly as you wanted or generally you know, have they all gone swimmingly? <laughs> I mean, there's always something that comes up, like always. It's it's like a car is parked in the wrong spot or there's pedestrians somewhere that they don't want in the photos or we're doing an architectural shoot where there's um, windows and mirrors and there's other brands showing up in the reflections of everything. So oh, like gosh. every day there's definitely a challenge and we're like putting our heads together to figure out um, what's going to happen. But I think yeah. for the most part, like what I've learned in the event industry and what I've been exposed to like over and over and over again is like, um, like problem solving and also like handling difficult feedback, like being able to say, no to clients but in a way that makes sense for them so that I'm not just saying no we can't do that no we can't do that no we can't do that I'm saying this part isn't possible but this is what we can do instead or um, explaining like what the expectations are like hey there is a giant logo across the way reflecting right into your windows and that cannot be photoshopped out but we could maybe rig up a big giant sheet to cover it um, to block the reflection, but we need your help to make it happen because we need the mall to allow it and so on and so on and so on. So it's like saying you're either getting package A with the reflections or you're getting package B that requires some extra work and like, what is it that you want um, out of it? So it's kind of neat because I've just like 
kind of rolled into that that part so naturally because I have dealt with it time and time again for so long. Yeah, yeah. And and you you say you 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 share the business now with your with your husband Robert Loden. Uh, sorry, Robert. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have to sort of have some sort of uh, kind of formal business conversations about how you're going to sort of split the equity between you two? Or have now, you split the equity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it is just split. Like, yeah. we're taking, I think the thing is, is our roles are so naturally split as well. And um, what I'm bringing to the table is growth and stability in it. Because he was at also at a point where he couldn't sustain doing all of like the booking, the quoting, the negotiating, the back and forth planning with the clients, the shooting, the editing. He built the website by himself and it's beautiful, um, but he's done all of that and all of his own SEO work and all of the behind the scenes and the marketing. Like it was just not going to be possible. And we've been together for seven years and he's had his business for 10. And uh, we've been collaborating the whole time since we first met. Anyway, so it's like I had already had that part in the business, that kind of yeah. half of it and that collaboration in it. And now it's just in a more uh, formal way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, and so you you kind of alluded to it earlier. So after the pandemic, you were you were offered a really good job back in the events business. Um, but after some time, you decided to return to Robert Loden. Um was it that you enjoy the creative sector of photography more than events now? Or is it working in a smaller kind of, you know, kind of family run uh, business, which which is what you prefer? I think it's like a little bit of a mix of both. I think I had crafted my career to be on this like high level of events. And when I got to the largest center, I had realized like, oh, maybe I'm a small fish in a big pond when my whole career I had been the big fish in the small pond. And I had thought like maybe bigger isn't necessarily better. Like um, I ran less events because they were larger and they took longer to plan. But um yeah, I just was kind of thinking like, what's, what are my next steps? Like, what's the next level? Like I have always wanted to be the director of operations of something and uh, had really carved my career out for that. And there wasn't a lot of like upward traje trajectory happening. And I had kind of pigeon my hold, pigeonholed myself so specifically that I didn't have a lot of room for growth if someone wasn't going to retire or move on or anything like that. And so coming, um, going back to that role and then realizing my choices and my freedom and like all of that was more limited than what I was doing with Robert. Um, I was kind of missing that, like, and it kind of came to a point where I was like, well, if I want to be director of operations, why don't I just make myself director of operations <laughs> of this company and just fill that role and do a really great job? And that's what I've been doing. And it actually feels, it, I thought it would feel like kind of silly giving myself that dream role, but it actually feels extremely rewarding to be yeah. like, this is what I've wanted and I've made it happen for myself and I've done it 
in like my own family business. And um, there's a level of creativity, like the sky's kind of the limit on this end, mm -hmm. like working um, in the events industry or in a corporate events industry, sometimes your hands are tied on how creative you can be or how outside of the box you can deliver something. Like sometimes it's very cookie cutter. Um, and here it doesn't have to be, I can bring different ideas to the table. And one of, one of the things I didn't know that I would like, that I really like doing is like lining up the shot, um, and finding what it, what it's going to be. And then seeing it after when it gets pulled up on the computer screen and seeing how it turned out is really fun and really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So would you ever start a smaller events company yourself? And be the director of operations of that? <laughs> I don't think so. I think... Um, it doesn't lend itself like, to a sort of small scale. No, well, it, it does. Like there's a lot of people out there that run their own events company. I always worked for the venue. So I always, like I didn't, I wasn't on the planner side. I was on the venue planner side, which is a little bit different. Um, I, I know I have the skills um, to be able to be on the planner side. However, you're in an industry where you're going to work every single weekend. You're going to work really long hours. You're going to have to be answering like phone calls and texts, like really at all hours. Um, and it's really hard to separate. And here I'm not receiving the same like volume of inquiries that you would in an, in an event or the same volume of back and forth. So it's very like satisfying that I can just have like that little bit of back and forth and then like wrap it up with a bow and move on to the next yeah. and not have it go on for like months and months and months and months and months. Um, so no, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I would. I think that like this is exactly um, the right path. And I think that one thing that was really great for me was that I did get to go back and try my career again. And I did get to try this career with Robert also. So I kind of got to make the decision based on knowledge, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for sharing your experiences today. It's, it's really appreciated. And, you know, anyone listening who wants to check out Megan and Robert's uh, photography, it's robertloden.com. They've got some absolutely amazing pictures for you to just even if you're not necessarily looking to hire them just to scroll through it's really really incredible so thank you so much for your time today Megan thanks thanks for having me